What is up, guys? It is Stu. It is the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. And in case you didn't hear, earlier this month, we announced that Urban Movement is releasing its license model. The brand that I created in Charlotte, North Carolina, that we've been so successful at wedging ourselves within the competition of the white space between the cardio heavy, you know, orange theories of the world and F45s and the CrossFit like models, the more barbell based models, the community driven models. Urban movement has found its amazing stride right in that white space. And we want to align ourselves with other owners who want to help us grow that brand in their city. We are going to be giving you everything we had created for the franchise model, which was going to cost you $250,000, but then 2020 showed up and we had to pivot. So we're practically giving it away at a license model price of $12,000 a year, $1,000 a month. That price will go up. So if you want to be in the first generation, I highly recommend submitting your inform information sooner than later. But guys, you're going to get the strictest geographical protection in the industry. Nobody else does this. You will get a license and nobody within your city limits can also open up a license. You will have full control of your city in bringing urban movement to that city. And you're finally going to have a true unique you're going to have something that doesn't look like CrossFit, doesn't look like berries. It has its own flavor and style. Anyone who walks in will instantly recognize, I haven't seen this before. That's what we've been getting here in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's what's made us so successful. And now I want to expand that success to other micro gym owners and operators. You're also not going to have to worry about any more remote workouts. We will do all the workouts for you. Movement Anywhere is a amazing feature-packed, full HD quality workout videos that surround and encompass the Urban Movement brand. And it's a perfect complement to the in-person experiences as we navigate through these crazy times. You're going to get our entire marketing and branding suite. So we have the photos, the videos, the copy. If you want Facebook ads, we'll show you which ones we've run in the past, which ones will work for you. And you're going to get full business support. My two GMs that have grown Urban Movement from day one with me. I mean, they literally have had their DNA all over the creation of this brand. We'll be working side by side with our licensees to make sure they have a successful launch. Guys, we're super excited about it. If you want to submit your interest, go to the link in my Instagram bio, put it in there, and then we'll be contacting you with the further interview and application process. Remember, only one per city, guys. One license per city. Now, if you have that license, you can open up as many as you want, but we are not going ahead and crushing this thing. We're probably going to do between five and 10 in the first year and then create second generations the next year. So I'm super excited. I'm, I'm done talking about it. Let's get into the podcast. Thank you for listening. See you soon. What is up, guys? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. We're talking about buying a building, and we are going on to, I believe this is part four. And in part four here, there's, this is just going to be a little bit general. I, I'm going to be talking to you about some of the other things you need to consider if you're going the SBA 504 route from a money perspective, and then from a how big of a building to buy sublease perspective, okay? So let's start this off. You guys know I'm a big proponent of doing the SBA 504 product. I covered a lot of the ins and outs of that in part one of this series. Go back and listen to that if you have not already. But I want you to realize your SBA 504 loan is going to have some basic requirements. Again, it will vary on your bank, but you might see things like, hey, have a credit score of at least a 680, Right, you might need what they call a DSCR, that's debt service coverage ratio. 
All right. Now, if I remember this correctly, the debt service ratio that they wanted us to be able to handle was like 1.25. Now, what that means, you calculate your debt service coverage by dividing your annual net income, okay, by the total sum of those annual principal and interest payments on all loans. So it's your annual net income divided by the total sum of all principal and interest payments that you have on any loans. So it would be on the SBA, the, the hypothetical SBA 504 loan, and then any other you know uh, loan and debt obligations you currently have. So if you've got student loans, you've got a mortgage on a house, you've got a bunch of other shit going on, that will all work against you. And they want to see that you can cover this debt service by 1.25, right? Essentially, they want to make sure you can pay for this fucking thing. You're not already in debt up to your eyeballs. So, you know, there's that, uh, and then basic stuff. You bet, you know, if you have a bankruptcy, you know, or things like that, and you've been in collections and all that, that's all gonna really fucking hurt you, um, which is probably already hurting you right now. So, those are those are some things to be thinking of. Now, with an SBA, here's some things that I didn't mention in the first one. You have got to be an owner occupant. That means you can't just use an SBA 504 loan product and go buy a building. You actually have to reside your business in there to the tune of 51% of the actual square footage needs to be owner occupied. So when I did this with my building, I made sure that my fitness company leased the entire thing. There was only one tenant and that tenant leases 100%. That way I completely satisfy the requirement. Now I sublease from my fitness company to two other tenants. That is how I go ahead and generate rental income for my fitness company. And to give you guys, you know, straight up numbers, I told you before, my mortgage is like 6,700. Yeah, 6,700 is right around there um, with insurance and all that other stuff. Uh, and I have my two tenants in there are, you know, it's called a little over 3K. So I've almost got, I've got like what, 45%, 42%, something like that, 40% of my mortgage covered by these two subtenants. And I technically have another 500 square feet on the top floor that we have no, we have not leased out. I just, uh, I haven't really worked to do it as much because um, yeah, we don't need to. And I've been kind of thinking about doing something with that for myself, but you know, turn it into a video production or podcast studio, whatever. Anyway, that is what I would recommend thinking, which, you know, makes me also kind of lead into this other, I'm going to lead into um, what size of building and like thinking of sublease income and how to set subleases and how to generate rental income um, in a second. But a couple of things with the SBA 504 I did not mention, you are able to roll in equipment purchases. So like we needed to purchase flooring, new equipment, this, that, and the other thing. I think we ended up doing like $20,000 of more of new gear for this facility. And some of that equipment was like water fountains and this and that and, um, you know, cubbies and, 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 you know, the lounge equipment or the lounge furniture, whatever it may be, you are able to roll these things into your SBA 504 loan. They will need to be itemized. They, they will want to account for them. They will want to see that that's what exactly what you purchased. But when you are talking to your 
SBA officer at your small bank that you're working with, I highly recommend asking them um, how much equipment, you know, how much equipment we could put in there, um, other upfit costs, things of that nature. They're also going to want to see that you're like going to be creating jobs with this. There's a part where they're going to ask you how many people do you employ, how many people do you think you'll be employing at this new location, and again, this is just a projection. But you're going to want to show that you're going to be growing this business, so you can obviously pay for this new loan you'll be taking on. But you're also going to be creating new jobs. That's part of the mission of the SBA. And the part of the mission for a lot of those CDCs that are going to be helping finance uh, this this loan. So um, remember, guys, CDCs are those community development corporations. Those are the ones that really help, you know, end up coming in um, with 40% of the money where the bank covers 50% of the money. And then you come up with the 10%. All right. Now, let's talk about the size of your building and what you should be thinking of. So I'll have a gym owner get on a call with me. And he goes, all right, Stu, I'm currently leasing 6,000 square feet and I pay, uh, let's say 6,000 a month in rent. Well, I can actually go and rent. I can go buy 7,500 square feet and get it for a, a you know, get it for $5,000 mortgage. Cool. Good. Great. Grand. I love it. All right. Here's what I'd be thinking though. The goal, like I talked about in the, the second segment of this with changing your mindset to owning a real estate company, you will want to create rental income. I can't tell you guys how fucking awesome it is to know I've got that money coming in every single month from my tenants. It's just, it's awesome. It's just great. Like it pales in comparison to the money the gym brings in, but like, it's just nice knowing that's there. Like, cause when the gym doesn't bring in a lot of money, like, uh, I don't know, all of 2020, it's, it was great having that consistent rent coming in. Now, I did help out my people during COVID. I did give them rent breaks, blah, blah, blah. But you, you guys get the idea of where I'm going with this. So I would be recommending looking at getting a building larger than what you need and simultaneously increasing your operational capacity. One of my biggest pieces of work are gym owners who, who get on the calls with me and we talk about how to increase operational capacity. So we take them from a floor space of maybe they were using 4,000 square feet to service 15 clients per class. And I take them down to 3,000 square feet and they can service 22, 24, whatever it may be. Increase in operational capacity. That is something I offer. That's something you're interested in. Please hit me up. Uh, but that that's my thought is because you want to take up as little space as possible in the building. You're still going to lease the entire motherfucker. You're still on the hook for the entire lease. But you can then sublease the pieces that you're not using. Now, obviously, you need uh, synergistic tenants. A lot of you guys like to go to the idea of chiropractors and massage therapists and physical therapists and all that. And those are great. Um, I hate the idea of like a one-stop shop. Ugh, like I just from a branding perspective, I, I despise that. Um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, right? If you can, if you can sublease to those kind of people, they're synergistic. They're, it's good, great, grand. You guys know I went a different route. We created a place for people to work out and get work done at my location. And that's, you know, the coffee shop, the lounge. And then we also have the spin studio in there. So those are my two subtenants, the coffee shop and the lounge. Now my model makes a coffee shop work great. I've got CrossFit gyms that got inspired by what I did and opened up coffee shops. And they hit me up like 12, 13, 14 months later, like, yeah, it was great. But the coffee shop just, they, they literally just bounced on their foot. They're no longer here. They got a lawyer. 
They said they couldn't work and service their customers in these conditions because we were dropping barbells and the music was loud and it was completely disruptive to their service. Now, again, there obviously there was a lack of communication to those to that scenario prior. Like, I don't know why the coffee shop thought it was going to be quiet inside of a CrossFit gym or why the CrossFit gym let the coffee shop think it was going to be quiet or whatever the scenario was. But it, you're going to want to find and think of uh, people that are synergistic. Like, you don't want to... You don't want to have a CPA's office above your gym. Like that would just be like, it'd just be off brand. It'd be fucking weird. It just wouldn't make any sense. Like, what are you gonna do? Have your gym sign on the front and then underneath it or to the right or to the left. It also says, you know, like, you know, Thomas Harry CPA. Like it just could be weird. You got to find synergistic companies that would work for your space. I've seen gyms that have done bars. I've seen our brewery kind of scenarios. Um, it was ABV brewery in Charlotte, North Carolina, that didn't end well. I don't know all the details of it, but I know that didn't end well. But I truly believe it could. Um, yeah, so guys, I, the, like that is what I want you thinking of when you're looking at your space. I would recommend you go bigger and then you calculate what is the fair market value for office space or gross industrial or whatever it is you've got and who could who could be potentially interested in that. And before you even close on your deal, the SBA, if that's your plan, like that's a great way for you to show additional income. So when we applied for ours, I showed them, hey, I'm going to be getting between three and $6,000 a month in rental income. And that was with me leasing out the, the additional 500 square feet upstairs and all this other stuff. And that helped my cause in the application. So I would recommend you guys think about that because if your only income stream is selling gym memberships, especially after the year that was 2020, these banks might be looking at you like, yeah, I don't want, I, I don't really feel like taking a risk on your brick and mortar fitness service. No offense. But if you can also show me that you're going to generate uh, $65,000 a year in rental income and help offset that debt service, that will help your application out. So it is something to think about. You will want to talk to your commercial real estate broker that you've entrusted and hired to talk to them about how they would recommend setting those up. There's so many different equations. You get into things, guys, like um, usable square footage for lease versus rentable square footage, right? Where usable square footage is like the specific, the site-specific area that tenant will occupy. So for example, the coffee shop has I think it's 90 square feet of usable square footage or site-specific square footage, 90 square feet. But I built in, I built in with a load factor, which uh, I'm not going to go into the math on that, but um, your commercial real estate agent can help you with this. I built in, well, yeah, they they technically are really only using like 90 square feet, but they have access to the lounge and their customers have access to all the bathrooms and they have access to the outdoor patio. So we, we factored all that in and that's their rentable square footage. So like my tenants, they pay $25 a square foot for their usable square feet. And then they pay, I believe, $4.18 per square foot on their rentable square feet. And if you're curious as to where I came up with those numbers, don't fucking worry about it. It's not going to apply to you. Talk to your real estate broker as to how to come up with those. It's going to be different in your city. If I gave you the equation and what I was thinking, it wouldn't fucking apply. So do not ask. Um, or book a call and I'll do it for you. Um, 
But yeah, you're gonna want it to, you know, you're gonna want to know the difference and when talking with your broker, what is my what's the usable square footage we could sublease? What's the rentable square footage? And then how do we, you know, what would you recommend I use for a load factor? Right. Um, or like what they'll call sometimes is like an add on factor, um, which pretty much just brings into the equation all the common areas that they would have access to and the benefit of. So, uh, guys, I, I hope you're enjoying the series. If you are, hit me in the DM. Um, again, if you want help with this, you want to continue to, you know, to grow your wealth and, and own a building and this is something you want to work with me on, I'd love the opportunity. Hit me in the DM on Instagram. And until I talk to you in the next podcast, have a great fucking day.